Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think that's Bob's voice then. Well, it, it 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 matches exactly, exactly the same voice from exactly the same time. Even word choices like the word dross, um, the alien oh, says yes. dross. <laughs> he used that word all the time. Uh, sometimes I would play something and he would say, it was normally disco. He didn't really like disco too much, you know, like Tavares. He might like that. He would say that's disco dross and it was a well-known term. Oh, well, well done, Bob. Um, so, yeah, good work. The person whose voice it is in the message is Bob Tomowski. Really? Yes. I never knew that. He never told you or never... No, I I mean, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Far from it. But uh, no, I never knew. For the first time ever, I've actually stuck to my New Year's resolution. I've managed to find out who was behind the interruption. If you've been with me since the beginning you'll have witnessed the bonkers journey I've been on. From alien channelers... Greetings to you, this is very well. Blessings to you. To UFO temples... The Theosati, is it connected to this? No. To pirate radio. This, the Southern TV interruption, would have, would have been done with sort of quite simple and quite crude equipment. I found out who was behind it. His name is Bob Tomowski. Bib Bob Tomowski. Also known as Roger Tate. Don't get too near your radio set, you might die. The Gadget Guru. It's a Gadget Guru Deluxe. Vrillon. But what's a name without a story? I have Vrillon's story. But what about Bob's? I still don't feel like this is over. I need closure. I'm Tommy Trelawney. This is The Interruption, a podcast from Stack. Episode 8, The Gadget Guru, Part 2. You have such a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. This is the voice of Bob Tomalski. Small groups all over the planet are learning this. Pretending to be an alien called Vrillon. And exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. I've restored the audio up to its original pitch. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution. When he wasn't representing the Ashtar Galactic Command, 
Bob was representing his pirate radio station, Radio Invicta. Listen to the voice of Vrilon again. We come to you the destiny of your race and your world so that you may Notice how it matches Bob's. At the moment, as I'm suffering from Radio Invicta plague, I sit here blowing my nose, coughing and spluttering, so please don't get too close to your radio. Get closer to your phone than your radio and give us a ring. The so evidence speaks for itself. We had, uh, Literally. Caller since we started up, uh, last Bob had confessed to the whole thing to a fellow radio pirate called Laurie Hallett. Years later... Laurie revealed Bob's secret on a Facebook group, land-based pirates of the 70s and 80s. In the last episode, I stumbled across that post. Bob's secret has been kept for 45 years. Until now. Right now, I know very little about our alien hoaxer, Bob Tomowski. Unfortunately, I can't ask him any questions. He died suddenly in 2001. This is what I do know. He was once a pirate DJ at London's Radio Invicta and went by the pseudonym Roger Tate. After Invicta was shut down by authorities, Bob began a career as a journalist, reviewing high street tech. He made a name for himself and would often appear on TV spots as the gadget guru. Here he is, enthusiastically reviewing a selection of Japanese gadgets. As I always say, konnichiwa. He's having a good time. Let's take Bob to 1977, the pre-gadget guru days. The Roger Tate era. While he was working at Radio Invicta, Bob decided to hijack a television transmitter. He pretended to be an alien called Vrilon and broadcasted a hoax message of peace, love and flying saucers. This part of the puzzle I can't yet explain. It seems to come out of nowhere. Without knowing Bob personally, it's impossible to truly know his motives. You know, with Invector anyway, we were up 200-foot tower blocks, uh, putting aerials up. Uh, and there wasn't any health and safety in those days, Tommy. There was one tower block that we went up to in the west of L- London. I never forget it. And you go up and, and so these tower blocks are about 200. They're about 200 feet. And then you'd stand on this concrete thing and you literally jump onto the roof and you put you tie the aerial down. This is Steve Marshall. Only a teenager back in the 70s, he was a junior member of Radio Invicta. But he saw the comings and goings of the station. Oof, it gives me vertigo thinking about that. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people did. Um, but it, you just went off and, as I say, you just went off and, and did it. Because... Uh, That's what you did. Not many of the Invicta team are around today, but I managed to find another crewmate. Coincidentally, and confusingly, another Steve. Steve Chandler. He first met Bob at Bob's favourite pub, the Beehive, over in Mitcham. Bob, Bob Tomowski, or as his radio name was, Roger Tate, met Bob at the Beehive pub with Tony and two or three other guys. So he liked the gadgets, you know, the latest SLR cameras and Canon or whoever, Leica. I mean, you'd bring Kit home, I know, and show us the latest cameras with the latest telephoto lenses. So it was always one, Bob, for, um, yeah, adopting, being the first adopter and saying, hey, guys, let's, let's try this out. But he also um, learnt his hand at building transmitters. And, of course, we needed to self-build these. 
Neither of the two Steves know who I really am. They think I'm here to talk about Radio Invicta, their former workplace. They seemed friendly, but I wanted to time my questions right. Have you heard of something called the Southern Television Interruption? Um, yes. Um, is this where a broadcaster was taken over? Yes, by an, yeah. by an alien voice. Right, yeah. I mean, we had, and I, I might as well, you know, come clean, we actually had done that over radio, was it Radio 2 or Radio 4? Um, and I remember myself and Tony, and we did do a spoof. Um, I haven't sadly got an audio where we actually took over, I think it was Radio 2. Yeah. Uh, and we took over with a link. Um, we basically got onto their link for about 15 minutes and we took over. So, yeah, um, I was not involved with the TV, but I certainly was involved with the radio. Steve Chandler denies any involvement in the Southern Television interruption, but was involved in a radio hijack the previous year. I was vainly aware of this one. On April 1st, 1976, a BBC Radio 1 broadcast was interrupted by rock music, impressions and silly voices. That incident was almost a precursor to the interruption the following year. So it was Bob. Yeah, I mean, well done, Bob. Um, certainly I wasn't involved with, with that. Steve wasn't as giddy with excitement as I was. Maybe it being Bob wasn't a surprise to him. Let's try the other Steve. Steve Marshall. Pirate Radio is a part of this story I'm working on, but I want to tell you a little bit more about where I'm coming from. Have you ever heard of the Southern Television interruption? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. No, I don't know who it was. But if you're going to ask me that, I don't know who it was. I do. I do know who it was. Um, would you like me to tell you? The identity of Rillon didn't surprise Steve Marshall either. Really? Yes. I never knew that. He never told you or never... No, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Far from it. But, uh, no, I never knew. It was odd that neither of Bob's colleagues at Invicta knew that he was involved in the interruption. If it were me, I'd tell everyone. It wasn't me. And I'm still telling everyone. Why hadn't he told them? You knew Bob personally. You must have had a lot to do with him. And um, I, I can imagine friends, colleagues. Uh, what? Why do you think he would interrupt a TV station? What? What's the reason behind it or the motive to do something like that? Well, I think... <sighs> There was two reasons. Well, there was probably a number of reasons, and I'm just surmising here. He would have enjoyed the thrill of doing it. He also would have done it to show that if I can do it, or we can do it, or whoever put the transmission stuff together, then anyone can do it. And they, you know, they don't, they're not going to do it for a joke. They could do it for some other purposes. So it was making a point. I don't know. <laughs> it's my honest answer. I don't know why he did it, but I, you know, knowing Bob, he would have enjoyed the, the technological challenge of putting something together that could do that. And he also would have done it to make a point. You know, if I can do it for five minutes and some other group or whoever these, you know, some people can do it for a longer time and they'll have an audience for whatever that is that they want to broadcast. He did it because he wanted to, and he could. Bob had boldly gone where no radio pirate had gone before. The telly. But what about the whole Vrillon of the Ashtar Command side of things? 
How come Bob chose to impersonate an alien? And why is he so familiar with the language of UFO religions? Bob likes sci-fi, and I think he probably just came from some sci-fi. And I think, you know, you might even find that some of the names might even exist in some pulp fiction. Certainly, Bob never came across as being any religious fanatic or anything like that. I mean, his mum was Polish. I think they were Catholics. Not that they were, you know, practicing Catholics. But he never came across anything like, you know, being a, um, should we say, a conspiracy theorist. I think that's where it came from, uh, a love of sci-fi and probably some of the other guys that he worked with on this probably had that, that too. Plus also, I think, you know, if you look at things, movies like Outer Limits, which I was a fan of and I think Bob was, you know, there was this premise of, you know, aliens coming down and taking over and, you know, the big brother. Um, and I think there's probably one or two movies that have that. I mean, I think the, the day the Earth stood still has something very yeah. similar, doesn't it? There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. The universe grows smaller every day. And the threat of aggression by any group, anywhere, can no longer be tolerated. There must be security for all, or no one is secure. For the best part of a year, I have been telling myself that the alien message was a hoax, but not a prank. It was too sincere to be a joke. The thing about Bob Tomowski, he was a clever guy. You know, he did his research in everything he did. He was an expert on a lot of different stuff. That was the other thing. You know, he would have taken the time to research the thing, but sounded so that it would have sounded credible. That's, I suppose, why the legend has continued for all these years. Huh. Never mind. As I say, Bob Jabarski doesn't surprise me at all. You know, I would think anyone else he spoke to would have said exactly the same. Because he had the knowledge. Without a doubt, he had that technical knowledge, which was way ahead of the curve, like. And he knew also that if it was, you know, knowing Bob, if it was put together right, people would believe it. That was the other thing, you know, which would have appealed to a sense of fun as well. Because Bob did have a sense of humor. I think that would have appealed to him as well, that people would have believed that it was all true. And that's the thing about a hoax. If it sounds, you know, not it sounds too good to be true, but it sounds as if it is true, then, you know, it, it becomes a legend. If it sounds a bit shaky, then people tend to not believe it. If it sounds like they... Well, it could be true, then people will believe it. And that's obviously you know, what happened and has happened over the years. Bob wanted to create the most plausible alien message he could. Even using phrases like Ashtar Command and Age of Aquarius for added believability. Phrases borrowed from UFO religions. No, I don't see anything actually wrong in it. It was a prank. A well-written, well-researched, well-executed prank. I've been searching for something that wasn't there. I've learned a lot today. Something I never knew, which is amazing. <laughs> it's good stuff. Before I left the call with Steve Chandler, I asked him about that unique word Bob and Frillon like to use. Dross. Find out, yeah. Oh, that's a word he uses all the time. But yeah, Bob was very much, oh, that's dross, Steve. Well, why are you playing that? Well, I'm not playing that. He would def definitely use the word disco dross. I must listen to this broadcast, so if you do have it... Um, I've not heard it before, I must admit, you know, um, it brings back some memories. Well, good luck with the podcast. 
shortly after this call, I sent him the audio of the interruption. I wanted to see if Steve recognised that it was Bob. He soon texted me back. Steve was of the opinion that it was Bob. Bob of the Galactic Command. There was one person left to speak with. Laurie Hallett. The one who had outed Bob on that Facebook group. A person we know Bob told. Laurie's clumsy post was the smoking gun. But there was a potential problem. Hi, Laurie. This is Nikki Anderson calling. You see, I had already made myself known to the pirates. I had gone round noisily asking questions. And the group had closed up and refused to tell me anything. I didn't want the same to happen with Laurie. I was compromised. I needed another way in. I am from Ireland, yeah. I live... Um, I live Good thing I have Nikki on hand. We think you'd be a great addition to, to the series, really. Yeah. Well, that was easy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why are we here? Why, why are we in Luton uh, and at the University of Bedfordshire? Well, we stumble across this amazing man called Laurie Hallett, who has... Oddly and coincidentally enough, been a radio pirate. He then worked for Ofcom and now he's an academic in radio and in broadcasting at the University of Bedfordshire and he also knew Bob. Fast forward two weeks. Nikki and I are at Laurie's campus at the University of Bedfordshire, sitting on a bench. The term hadn't started yet, so it was a little quiet. We had the place to ourselves. I have spent so long mm. going through every single conceivable forum, 
nowhere mm. is Bob Tomalski's name mentioned because I think this pirate radio group was so connected and so secretive yeah. that they've kept Bob secret. It was just turning 11. Time to go for the interview. Clipboard in one hand, coffee in the other. Laurie was smiling, waiting for us at the entrance. We are now recording. I'm just, it's, I'm just going to... As he led us to the studio, Nikki and I took turns opening doors for him. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning. <laughs> um, yes, we are... Well, we're currently sat at a very nice recording studio in the University of Bedfordshire. Um, and you, if I'm not wrong in thinking this, are a radio historian. Uh, well, I lecture in radio and journalism, and uh, because of my advanced years, I guess I look at history as well, because unfortunately I'm old enough to remember it. <laughs> Laurie has an interesting story. I guess they all do. In the early days, he was a pirate. Then he joined Ofcom, the group that catches pirates. Now he's reliving it all as a radio lecturer. Oh, wow. So were you the, the type of person to be running on top of big high-rise buildings with the transmitter poles? I wouldn't say running, um, but yes, we did. We we set up transmitters on on various buildings and uh, uh, would uh, exit stage right pretty fast when uh, the authorities tried to catch us. Um, did you have many run-ins with um, one or two? Well, well, speak of authorities. This is soon. You become a authority member yourself. Am I right in thinking you worked for Ofcom? I decided that I'd never done a degree, so I went off and did a degree. I went off and did a master's, uh, and then um, somebody from Ofcom, because I'd been involved in the Community Media Association and other and campaigning, uh, said to me, well, we're setting up this uh, community uh, radio section within Ofcom. Uh, you might like to apply for a job. So I did, and I worked at Ofcom for eight years. And in fact, one of the people that used to chase me up and down the tower blocks. Uh, on my first day, I got into the lift with my colleague and a voice from the back of the lift said, Hallett, what are you doing here? No I said, oh, way. actually, I've got a job. And they said, good grief, what's the world coming to? <laughs> but, but, it, but it was a really good education. And I, I, and I genuinely feel that my experience of working in unlicensed radio and then licensed community radio helped me understand and implement regulation in a way that I think people without that experience would have found less easy. As Laurie tells his story, there's a single thread running throughout. Music. The conversation has taken a tangent. Is it true that music was better back in the day? I'm, I'm not sure that music was ever better. I think in his that, answer, you know, you, you Laurie uses a familiar right word. The 1950s, 60s, 70s, and you will find some very good music and you will find a lot of utter dross. And I'm afraid that's always the way. It's funny you use the word dross, and I'll explain why. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the Southern Television Interruption? I've heard of it. I don't know a lot about it, but I have heard of it, yes. So, um... I'll tell you the story. I tell Laurie the winding journey I've been on. The journey I'm telling you. So I was really interested in the message because the message has a lot of lines taken from UFO religions. That was my main theory, that whoever, whoever did this was a, um, a member of these UFO religions that was doing this message as a sort of strange act of missionary work. Laurie's listening intently as I outline the people I've met and the places I've been. The twists... The turns, the dead ends. I'd even spoken to Yuri Geller, who was strangely connected to it. We even enter the Aetherius Society, which is a UFO temple in Fulham. So then um, I joined the um, Land Pirates of the 70s and 80s group, 
um, which I know you're a member of, and that was the point in which Bob Tomowski was the name connected to this incident, which has led this whole thing of UFO religions and spirituality completely by the wayside, because actually, it was none of that. It's somewhere in this moment when I realised I had come to the end of my investigation. I'm telling the story back to the man who had held the keys to the case the whole time. It was a guy called Bob, and I would love to know how you knew of this incident, and how Bob told you, and how you knew Bob. So I knew Bob through uh, Radio Invicta. Uh, we were doing some preparations for something for Radio Invicta. I'm, and he said, oh, you ought to hear this. And he played me he played me that tape and he also played another tape where Radio 1 got taken over and the John Peel programme got hijacked. Um, and I asked him how it was done and he, he gave me some explanation. But it, was, it wasn't something that I was... I just thought, well, that's interesting, and then I moved on to something else. So I don't know a lot about it, but I... I'm pretty sure that Bob was one of the driving forces behind it. We've got audio of um, the interruption, which we've pitch shifted upwards because it's in a very low tone. And you match the voices and they're identical. It's the same person. And the real kicker is that the alien uses the word dross, which Bob also uses, dross. <laughs> and it seems like that is the signature word. So it's very funny that you also mentioned it. Maybe it's a pirate radio word. I think it might. I think it might be. Disco yeah, dross, yeah, yeah. I've heard. The word dross has set me off. There I am, going over the journey of the interruption. From UFOs to pirate radio. And finally, to Bob Tomowski. I've come a long way from that Wikipedia post back in lockdown. Someone's going to have to update that soon. He told me the story, yes. And he told you that he was the guy. I can imagine that moment when Bob revealed how he'd hijacked a television station to Laurie, playing an old cassette tape containing Frillon's message with a wink and a nod. All those years later, he was clearly still secretive about his little broadcast experiment. The picture was almost complete, but there was an extraterrestrial elephant in the room. I still don't know why Bob had gone to such extraordinary lengths to broadcast that UFO message. Probably because you can. One of the things that I think fascinates the engineering sides of, of pirate radio was A, I'm doing it because someone's telling me you shouldn't do it, but B, because I can do it. So I think there was quite a lot of ego involved in terms of uh, what are you doing and why are you doing it. It's so funny in hindsight to see the journey um, being way more simple in a way than I initially thought and I think Nikki would agree with me and it's all thanks to, to Bob so fair play to Bob I'd say yeah, yeah absolutely Massive. yeah uh, I think uh, that seems like a great place to yeah. wrap it up I have I can't think of any more questions I have to ask although I'd love to you know sit here for, for, for hours talking about um, your pirate radio history and your history in general yeah coffee then coffee yeah let's go get a coffee Have you ever heard of something called the six degrees of separation? The concept of six degrees of separation has fascinated people for nearly a century. And I think that's not only because of how counter... It's the idea that any two people are six or fewer social connections away from one another. Friend of a friend and so on. Just six handshakes will connect you to anyone else on the planet. The investigation I've been on 
is trying to figure out which people link me to Vrilon, aka Ob Tomowski. I've tried all sorts of combinations to find this out. Stardog, you just get an audio off of me. Yuri Geller, hey Tommy, Richard Lawrence, the Theresati, is it connected to this? No. They've all led me to dead ends, each one more crushing than the last. But with determination and a bit of luck, I found my chain. Only two people link me to Vrilon. Go on, man, spill. Spill everything. Lewis, the YouTuber who led me to Laurie, then Laurie. He told me the story, yeah. The radio lecturer who led me to Bob, the voice of Vrilon. Keep stepping to the sounds of Radio Invicta. That's us. On the air once again. The sound of soul over London. If I had started with pirates, I might have found Bob sooner. Of course, I wasn't to know this. And I don't regret the UFO religion part of the journey. It's part of the journey. Without it, I would not have arrived at my destination. Through my explorations into UFO religions, I've got to learn about these spiritual movements, where they come from, why they exist, and how they fit into the tapestry of the modern world. I've gotten to meet all sorts of interesting people, and aliens, along the way. The way I see it, I've taken the scenic route, from A to Z, with U to F to O in between. This is how I solved it. With Nikki, of course. Without her, I doubt any of this would have been possible. I think we make a good team. But there's one final place left to visit. The place where it all began. Nikki and I have just got in a taxi outside Basingstoke train station. I've just asked the driver to take us to the Hannington transmitter, the broadcasting tower that Bob Tomowski hijacked some 45 years ago. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's outside the village of Hannington. Uh, I've got a postcode if you want it. As we drive through the greys and browns of the autumn countryside, the transmitter comes into view. Looming out over the brow of a large hill, the metallic structure looks somewhat ominous in the mist. The taxi driver is curious why he's taking us to the middle of nowhere. As he's driving us up the narrow country lanes, he asks us about our interest in the transmitter. We tell him our bizarre tale. But this, has been... this will be a big tale, you know? Yeah. It will be a big... You guys will get very, a lot of uh, viewers. Do they? Yeah. Maybe, hopefully. What's a YouTuber now? Oh, it's a Hochelaga. I think my boys watch you, you know? Really? Yeah. You're joking. <laughs> You're joking. We arrive at our destination, and the driver takes out his phone. Maybe his sons had seen that original YouTube video. It's only eight minutes long. Who'd have thought? Two years later, the full story would require eight episodes. As the taxi drives off, Nikki and I look at the metallic tower in front of us. Quite frankly, it's massive. I don't know how tall that is. That's like 150 meters tall. It, you know what? Like this might be a terrible comparison, but do you know what it reminds me of? You know in like Blackpool Pleasure Beach or any of those theme parks where they have that thing where those that ride where there's all the seats around the side and it goes and then falls back down. It's about the same height as one of those. You hop over first, I'll sure. pass it to you, and then you... Oh, you don't Walk even have to. The, uh... God, I love this. <laughs> God, we're going to get done for trespassing now. Yeah, it's a big ta it's a big transmitter. I mean, I don't know how big transmitters are, but this is just a big structure. 
Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, how many transmitters oh, have well. you seen? <laughs> oh my God, it's so beautiful. Not the transmitter, sorry, the Huntington. Yeah. This is the voice of Kumar, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Kumar, speaking to you. On November 26, 1977, a Southern Television news programme was interrupted by a strange voice. That voice belonged to Bob Tomowski. Under the cover of night, he managed to flood the intended signal with one of his own. On it was a pre-recorded message, a warning to humanity, from an alien named Vrillon. Um, but like, look, you could get like, if none of this was there, you could get right in there and you'd be right, you'd be so close to it, like. And it, it's like where Tommy's actually standing on a tree stump. I'm, and yeah. there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven around us. So I think there are seven more trees here, like covering this patch. This would have been really sheltered. Mm. This would have been perfect. And then around the corner, there's like a sort of old fence where we came through. A car probably would have been there. And that would have been like the getaway vehicle. Yeah for this what are you thinking I don't know I'm just thinking about like it's sad but it's also quite amazing yeah like I wonder like what of our time or will there be anything of our time that 45 years later people will be trying to solve or trying to figure out I don't think I know any better pranksters than that he never came forward to claim responsibility for the event he was never caught. Um, we've made it here and we know who did it and it was Bob Tomowski. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Fair play to Bob. And I think, Tommy, there's only there's only one thing left to do now. What's that? Just go for a pint in Huntington. I think so. I think we need probably to. What, it's what Bob would have wanted. <laughs> it's what Bob would have wanted. <laughs> I never met you, Bob. And I hope you don't mind me sharing your secret. May this story be a footnote in your wider legacy from a remarkable life that was tragically cut short. So, whilst you're away, I was on my phone. Yeah. I wanted to look on Reddit. I searched in Southern Television Interruption. Um, a rat, trying to find a rabbit hole for the journey home. Yeah, and also because <laughs> we went to we went to Hannington, and I thought, okay, you know, this is where it all started. So I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. And uh, what, 14 days ago, um, someone saying the Max Headroom broadcast signal is famous. But there's a similar one from the south of England. Um, it's about the southern TV interruption. And all the comments are like people trying to figure out or like what, what it was. Top one, Ashtar Galactic Command. Someone's like, oh, it's probably an alien group, you know. Oh, definitely. Scrolling down um, more on aliens. But then someone's like, oh, yeah, alien British accent. Okay, this one. Uh, it was during the height of offshore pirate radio stations. And the top comment's just like, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the way they've thought of all the avenues we did. Because, you know, it makes yeah, me feel yeah. like, okay, other people thought it was a UFO group too. And we weren't the only people going down that rabbit hole. It's so surreal seeing this. Knowing that, like, there is going to come a time when these questions are going to stop, mm. which is going to be weird, like, to sort of end the mystery with an answer. Like, yeah, this is it. And we can say, I think, cheers to Bob. Cheers to Bob.
Fair play, Bob. I know. I'm all done us as well. I think I cheers know, to that. Yeah. Like, we'll that. Next mystery, bring it on. I know. It's only the beginning. If you asked me a few months ago where I'd be ending this story, I would have pictured it with Michael Rothstein, the UFO religion professor. I would rather interpreted it as a genuine attempt to reveal important religious messages to people. I can see it now. We'd be strolling around the streets of Copenhagen, chuckling over our Danish pastries, reminiscing about that time when a UFO spiritualist tried their hands at televangelism. But instead, I was in a pub in Hampshire, laughing over a pint with Nikki. The lost story of the interruption has finally been told. The interruption was made possible by the hard work of several people. And I'd like to end this by thanking them. To all the folks at Stack who took a chance with me and my story. You've allowed this otherwise forgotten tale to reach its full potential. And I'm really grateful for that. To Luke Moore, Charlie Morgan and John Teague, whose sage advice and behind-the-scenes graft gave this podcast its shape. And to Tom Wally, who gave it its sound. To Nikki Anderson, my producer, who has been with me every step of the way. Her ability to research, write and tell a good joke was instrumental in solving this 45-year-old cold case. To Bob Tomalski, thank you for doing what you did and to all the people who I spoke with in my journey to find him. And finally, to my girlfriend Alex, thank you for everything. <laughs>